You're listening to the Kilcullen Diary Podcasts. Stories in sound from a village grown bigger. Hello, I'm Brian Byrne and this is Kilcullen Diary. This is the fourth episode in a series called The Accidental Pilgrim, recalling my thoughts during a Kilcullen Parish pilgrimage to the Holy Land in 2007. The first miracle, said to be performed by Jesus, was the changing of the water into wine at a marriage feast organised by a bridegroom in Cana. Said bridegroom wasn't a great organiser, it seems, as he ran out of liquor halfway through the proceedings. Jesus' mother Mary was a guest along with her son, and she asked him to help out and save her host's blushes. It's reported that the wine produced by Jesus was of a much better quality than the first lot. If the wedding wine sold in the tourist shops of Cana today is any indication of the quality of what had been served, that wasn't such a big deal. It's rough tack by all accounts. Like many of the Holy Land sites, there were several candidates subsequently for the location of that particular event. The town which has the gig, so to speak, is about seven kilometres from Nazareth. The church which is the Catholic pilgrim focus is along a street of the churches, a narrow alley in which there are other churches of various denominations. A modern edifice off a small courtyard, it's built over other crypts and grottos dating back to the Byzantine area. It's a pleasant place to meditate for a few minutes. There's an opportunity there for couples to renew their wedding vows if they wish, and a number in our party of Kilcullen pilgrims did so. Part of the deal is to get to buy a bottle of Cana wedding wine. Maybe this is from a second batch, reserved for a second commitment. Perhaps it was the end visit of a long day of going to holy sites, but it seemed to this accidental pilgrim that Cana was the least interesting of the venues so far, and maybe even the least credible. But who am I to say? After all, it's the story, not the place that carries the faith. As was the case with our next stop, a place famous for the announcement of the coming birth of a special child. It defies logic and biological science that a young girl can get pregnant without the intervention of a man in some way. But that's the tenet underpinning what is termed the Immaculate Conception of Mary. And in the sources of the Holy Land saga, where it began was at Nazareth, where the mother-to-be of Jesus lived and where she is said to have been visited by the angel Gabriel to tell her why she was here. Today, Nazareth is a sprawling mountaintop town of many tens of thousands of people, but in the time of this tale it seems to have been a fairly insignificant place. Various estimates by archaeologists and historians put its population anywhere between just 16 people and 2,000 people at the time. Most scholars now accept that the number was likely 300 or less. Mary was a typical young girl of her time, with daily chores that included going to the town well for water with which to fill the clay jars in her home. She was betrothed to Joseph, usually described as a carpenter, but most likely a working-class man with various building skills. There are conflicting stories as to where Mary was visited by the angel. 
Some say it was on her way to the well. Others suggest that it was in her home. Whichever, it must have been really scary for her because unwed motherhood wasn't welcomed in Jewish families and communities of the time. The truth of the whole matter is we don't know. There is no direct documentary evidence, no letters, no birth certificates, no doctor's records, all the things that today mark pregnancy and birth. Just a story in the New Testament suggesting that a prophecy had been fulfilled. It's still incredible, really. But this was an occasion when something extraordinary took place, Father Michael Murphy said, during celebration of a Mass for the Kilcullen pilgrimage in the magnificent modern basilica built over the grotto where the Annunciation is said to have happened. Part of our faith is what we commemorate here actually happened, Father Murphy went on, that the angel did appear and that the child was born without the intervention of a human father. This is a very sacred place, the word was made flesh here. As the angel is reported to have said, Mary had won God's favour. But it seems it was a mixed blessing for Nazareth itself, and in the serious years of the ministry of Jesus, the townspeople weren't all that enamoured of its newly most famous son or his work. According to the four Gospels, he was a prophet without honour in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. The Basilica of the Annunciation is a magnificent building which, when completed in 1969, was the largest church built in the Holy Land in 800 years. It's a clear demonstration that today both Mary and Jesus are honoured on a global basis. In addition to the lower level which is designed around the remains of the grotto where the angel appeared unto Mary, there is a truly international second level where the daily worship of the local community is carried out. It is international by virtue of the various donations from many countries of artwork, bronze doors and other elements of its architecture and it's worth a visit for that alone. Nearby, in the same Franciscan-managed complex, is another church under which is the St. Joseph's Workshop. This is said to be the home of Joseph, set underground in the rock for even temperature through the year and with his workshop over where it would get the best light. As another touchstone for the faith of millions, it is as credible as it needs to be. Because Faith is not in the remains of buildings, or in the churches that mark them today, but in hearts and souls. I'm Brian Byrne, this is Cacullen Diary, and our continuing reflection of a trip to the Holy Land in 2007. Thanks for listening.